0: This episode of The Zing covers the democratization of energy with Bobby Hockaday and Bob Hockaday. Thank you for listening.
1: Oh, democratization of energy. I mean, the fundamental idea is right now our energy sources, particularly electricity production and fuel production for transportation and essentially building maintenance things like that is is essentially monopolized by a few very large corporations and uh, in general it's a, a large-scale operation you're oftentimes extracting the resource uh, producing the electricity or the fuel but generally controlled by larger, big corporation simply because it's a hard thing to do. You need a complex structure to do this. So the future possibility is we call the democratization of energy, meaning all of us can generate energy or it's it essentially created at a small scale. So that means there are many sources of supply, uh, many users, but meaning that now it's almost like voting. Everybody has a right to vote in this Essentially, future energy supply. They can create their own energy, they can use it, utilize it on their own small scale. And I mean, the obvious uh, examples are solar energy. Um, can you create your own solar energy at your house? I mean, right now we have an electrical grid that distributes ele- energy. It was because it was easier to generate the electricity at a central location than to distribute it by wires. Uh, early on, the electricity grid was actually had multiple generators, lots of small generators and lots of small little companies. And the idea is that big factories and things like that would have their own generators and uh, original systems. It was difficult to move electricity very far.
0: You seem very knowledgeable about energy. Maybe we should tell your uh, listeners uh, how you know all this about energy. Why do I know
1: this much about energy? Well, I, Going back when I was a kid in high school, I I, I enjoy energy and understanding how energy is used, created. And I uh, did all kinds of thought experiments about uh, how does energy flow? Uh, Why does uh, the thermodynamic laws work? And why are they laws? I say they're only laws as long as we don't break them. And uh, so just how energy works, how the universe is run. I mean, I'd say, like, well, how, how is it behaving? Just to let you know, there's all kinds of fun little corners and niches you can drive into to uh, try and figure out how energy works and how stars operate and stuff like that. I'm talking too much. Go ahead,
0: Bob. Oh, uh, yeah. Bob Hockaday is a, a, a
1: learned a
0: scientist with a bachelor's in.
1: Oh, I have a bachelor's degree in physics, a master's degree in uh, mechanical engineering. I don't have a PhD because I thought that would be too much time spent in one specific area I mean in this case uh, the topic of energy is so broad that it's hard to say oh yeah let's specialize in one area of energy um, and, and an inventor as an inventor you you really are what we call crossing the disciplines so you're running around putting little pieces together what fits and uh, you may not find all, they might say, the components you want to put in this invention in one field. And I say the, the most productive inventions oftentimes are those that cross the field lines of, um, we you say, academic disciplines. They are, they are actually sort of artificial. I mean, people have said the universal scientist is no longer because the information is so large. Well, they're still there. Those are the ones who can cross the discipline we have now a capability to learn more as, faster and be able to uh, uh, cross those disciplines. Um,
0: okay. How is energy being democratized?
1: Uh, democratized. Uh, yeah. So the one idea is that we've got photovoltaics, that can be made on virtually any scale, from tiny little devices to large scale. Uh, we're talking things that you can, about the size of a head of a pin, or you might say LEDs, those are photovoltaic devices to okay. extremely large systems. I mean, big solar thermal systems are acres to run one solar thermal concentrator system. And uh, But the idea is the small is what I care about. All right. the possibility is a small- scale system and including photovoltaics, you have fuel cells. They are scalable. I mean they, they can operate from small to large. There's no fundamental limit on how small they can go. Uh, strangely, they are small chemical well small. we're talking nanometer scale is really the scale in which a, a fuel cell or a solar cell operates uh, in, in the fundamental sense. How does it, what's it take to make it run? Uh, So the whole idea is that you can make little miniature fuel cells or solar cells. We're talking about devices that can produce energy, solar cells from light or photovoltaics from light and fuel cells convert chemical energy directly to electricity. So both of those are are interesting. Uh, The idea that you no longer have what we call the scale issues of engines, bigger engines are... Usually more efficient. So the bigger the scale of your engine system, the more efficient it becomes. Uh, But in small scale, we're talking things that it doesn't matter how big they are to get efficiency. And that means uh, we can install things that say on your house or in your application. Like uh, I mean, the original idea was to make a micro fuel cell for a cell phone. And it would tech- use all the techniques used in the electronic industry or the, the integrated circuit
0: integrated circuit business huh
1: yeah so the dream here is that uh, we are surrounded by energy I mean we've got a Sun in the sky blasting away at us somewhere around a kilowatt per square meter in much of the daytime if you face the Sun and so it's a huge amount of energy that's pouring down on the planet, and then that tends to run your wind system, all the uh, let's say uh, different features of the Earth. The only part of the Earth that's not operated by the sun is geothermal energy, mm-hmm. which is heat that's coming up out of the essentially the, the core of the planet. It's due to radioactive decay. So that's you know one separate item but either way these are broadly distributed energy sources meaning they're there Uh, and uh, we can take advantage of it and the idea that individual buildings homes people could actually just collect the energy they need to operate from their surroundings and it means you no longer would have to have a large organization to do what you need to do Uh, I mean if you're
0: so, would you say that specialization has, is not as a good idea, or do you think that we still need generalists?
1: Uh, specialization occurs simply because it's too much to learn for a single person to simply become an expert in all things. So, it's easier to become an expert in one small little area, or some information, or knowledge, or skill, so we we automatically find that we we need to do something really well but it's hard to do everything well and uh it's it's really as knowledge expands and things you might say the skills necessary to accomplish things expand it's very hard to become an i might say a universal knowledge person uh so but the possibilities are, we now can access information quickly. So you can be quickly become a reasonable expert in something that you need to know about. Like Tony Stark, I mean, when did you yeah. become a, a yeah. expert in quantum physics? <laughs> <laughs> right. So the information is available uh, if it's uh, essentially now. Essentially, I say, I say not WikiLeaks. It's. Uh, Wikipedia is so wonderful, people essentially volunteer information and they're reasonably well written and uh, articles about different topics. Uh, It's very nice. You can run in there and go, oh, I need to know about some obscure little fact. Uh, Someone has usually supplied that in a a nice readable form.
0: We wanted to take a moment and thank uh, Creighton Eddington for recommending this topic of discussion for today.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of fun. So Creighton, I want to tell you some of the coolest details. So uh, we are effectively going into a climate change situation in which uh, we're going to have uh, essentially large thunderstorms are the major culprit, but tornadoes, hurricanes, things like that. Weather is going to become more severe. And one of the ways to essentially mitigate the effect of global warming is to reduce the, uh, essentially harden your uh, power sources, like the electric sources and uh, uh, fuel sources. And uh, one of the ideas is we can use photovoltaics, distributed, your house can essentially power itself. And it can do without the grid. Uh, So the obvious detail is that grids are very vulnerable to the weather. Uh, it's like we effectively in the United States have a, an electric grid, which is a bunch of wooden poles and wires. And they're getting old, and you have to keep replacing them and servicing them. Um, and it's vulnerable. And it's mainly from thunderstorms. Just,
0: You've experienced quite a few of those thunderstorms, stopping your travels.
1: Yeah, and uh, the next uh, issue is fueling. Uh, Right now, we depend on an immense infrastructure system to move fuel around the world. And you say, well, at some point, uh, global warming either politically is causing stress and we're having fights over distribution of fuel. And by the way, this goes back a long time. Well, essentially, World War II was about resources, uh, the battle for resources, and mainly oil. Uh, So... The idea being that we can generate an awful lot of fuel uh, in our area either by eventually photovoltaics running electrolysis or you can actually do biomass. And I tell you, oh got biomass
0: one might be coming up in our next episode. Thank you for yeah. listening. Oh. A topic that you would like us to discuss mm-hmm. in a scientific or interesting matter, please drop it by our Facebook page yeah. at Energy Related Devices. Yeah. Hello, guys and gals. This is Bobby Hockaday, your host for The Zing. Uh, episode two, we're going to be talking about biomass with Bob Hockaday. I yeah, know a lot of you have been interested in that, so let's get to it.